You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truth from His Word today. All right, let's take our Bible this morning and turn to James chapter 3. Have you ever said something like this to someone? Did you just say what I think you said? Or to say something like, did that really come out of your mouth? How many have ever said something like that or heard something like that? I thought so. James chapter 3, follow along as I read. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive a greater condemnation. So don't be so anxious to be an authority. Verse 2. For in many things we offend all. We have all offended other people from time to time. If any man offend not in word, in his speech and conversation... The same is a perfect man. I don't think we've reached that perfection yet, have we? And able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships, which though they be so great, are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue, so what we're going to talk about today, the tongue. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. The tongue is a fire. Your tongue is a fire. My tongue is a fire. And the tongue is a fire. It is a world of iniquity. Think about that. There is a world of of iniquitous words that come out of our mouth. The tongue is a fire, it is a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast and bird and serpents of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil. It is full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, like we've done this morning. And therewith curse we men who are made in the similitude of God out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing, my brethren, these things ought not to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place, sweet and bitter? Can a fig tree bear olive berries, either a fig, a vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt, water, and flesh. Heavenly Father, I pray you'd bless the preaching of your word this morning. Uh, help me as I seek to communicate all that uh, you have put in my heart and that is in the scriptures. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm sure that all of you have heard that what comes out of our mouth 
is a clear reflection of what is where? In our heart. I really want you to stop and ponder just on that thought for just a moment. What comes out of our mouth is a clear reflection of what is in our heart. When things come out of our mouth that should not come out of our mouth, the Bible said, my brethren, these things ought not to be so. The words of our Lord Jesus. Either make the tree good, speaking about our lives, Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt, for a tree is known by his fruit. O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth evil things. But I see unto you that every idle word, an idle word, words that really have no benefit, no no profit to them, that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof, and we'll come back to this today, they will give an account thereof in the day of judgment. Now notice this statement. For by thy words, your words, my words, the words that come out of our mouth, by thy words thou shalt be justified, or by thy words thou shalt be condemned. How could the Lord Jesus ever say something like this? And I repeat, for by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. How could he say that? Because what comes out of our mouth is a reflection on what is in our heart. Now we know it's our heart that one day will be judged, but the manifestation of what's in here is what comes out of here. Are you all with me? Again, the words of our Lord in Matthew 15. And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand. And that's my desire for you here today, to hear and to understand this. Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth the man, but that which cometh out of the mouth. This defileth the man. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou not that the Pharisees were offended? They always were by Christ. The Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. Don't you know that the Pharisees were offended by what you said, Lord Jesus, when you said that it's out of the heart that the mouth speaks? Let me ask you a question this morning. How do you keep corrupt words and even idle words from coming out of your mouth? Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. So how do we keep that corrupt communication from coming out? Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but only that which is good. That which is good to the use of edifying or building up others, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. So I ask you again, how can we control or how can we tame our tongue? 
Hello? We can't. The tongue can what? No man tame. It is an unruly evil. Unruly. It can't be tamed. The tongue is an unruly evil. It is full of deadly poison. If you could stick your tongue out far enough so you could see it, you would see a very wicked thing. Oh, you're awful quiet this morning. I hope you're not like the Pharisees and going to be offended. Because everything I say, I say right here from this book. The tongue can no man tame. I quote the Lord Jesus again, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. I do believe, however, that one of the key elements to taming our tongue is to accept full and complete and total responsibility for what comes out of it. I'm going to say it again. To accept full and complete responsibility for what comes out of it. Does God hold us responsible for our words? But I send you that even every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. Think about that. That's a good motivation to keep your mouth shut. Hello, amen. amen. The more we open it, the more we talk, the more that comes out of it, the more we're going to have to stand in judgment for. So God does hold us accountable for the words that come out of our mouth. But we must also hold ourselves accountable. Why were the Pharisees offended at the words of the Lord Jesus concerning the tongue? They didn't want to be held accountable for what came out of their mouth. The Bible said in Psalm 19, verse 14, Let the words of my mouth, David is taking accountability for what comes out of his mouth. He said, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Listen to me, church family. Take responsibility for the things that you say. James 1.19, Wherefore, my brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to what? Speak. It means that he or she thinks about what they are going to say before they say it. They take responsibility and accountability for what comes out of their mouth. James 1.26, If any man among you seemeth to be religious, and bridleth not his own tongue. Taking responsibility. And bridleth not his own tongue, but deceiveth his own heart. This man's religion is what? Vain. So listen to me. Your religion should affect your heart, thus affecting what comes out of your mouth. Proverbs 21, verse 23. Whosoever keepeth his mouth... See how we're taking responsibility and accountability? For whosoever keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from troubles. I believe all of us know the pain and the sorrow and regret for words that we have spoken. Amen? Sometimes we'll say something like this in a form of an apology I'm sorry, it just kind of slipped out. Let me tell you something, there's nothing that slips out. 
It came from somewhere. Those hurtful words that you said came from somewhere. Words of pride. Words of dishonesty. Words of jealousy. Words of envy. Words of strife. Words of gossip. Words of slander. Words of bitterness. Words of anger. They don't just slip out. They come forth from the heart. The Bible says grievous words stirs up what? Anger. They come from somewhere. Often after these words are spoken, we wish that we never would have said them, but once words are said, there's no way to retrieve them. We can seek to restore bruised relationships. We can make apologies. We can ask forgiveness, and should we? But we can never take back the words that we've said. Words are powerful. Words have raised up and brought down kingdoms. Proverbs 18.21, listen. Church, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Unbelievable, this little member of my body speaks life or it speaks forth death. Spiritually, mature believers have learned how to keep their heart right with God. Remember what Peter said to Simon, thy heart is not right with God. But a spiritually mature believer has learned how to keep his heart right with God. Not only keep his heart right with God, but he keeps his heart right with others. He's learned how to walk humbly before the Lord and humbly before others. He is a spirit-filled, spirit-controlled believer. Love is the characteristic of their lives, and it very directly affects what comes out of their mouth. I want you to think about this. If your heart and my heart is full of love, what's going to come out of my mouth? Loving words. Right? Uh, The abundance of the heart. So if I have an abundance of love in my heart produced by the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, then the words that come out of my mouth will cover a multitude of sins. The words that come out of my mouth will be long-suffering words. Words that pass over a matter. Forgiving, patient, forbearing, selfless, sacrificial, supportive, kind, compassionate. Restoring, giving, enduring, showing mercy and grace. Love is the greatest virtue that I can have in my life and you can have in your life and can be had within the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that love is manifest by the words that come out of our mouth. I believe this is absolutely true. I wish I didn't have to snap my fingers at some of you. Could you imagine me getting by a whole service without having to snap my fingers? I really believe that this is true. That one of the easiest ways to know where you are in your relationship with God 
is to seriously examine yourself to see the words that come out of your mouth. Are they words that speak forth life? Or are they words that speak forth death? You see, if the Savior is controlling your, your heart, they obviously will be words of life. He has come that we might have life. The power of the tongue to bring life or to bring death. Peter said it this way under the inspiration of the Spirit of God. For he that will love life. Do you love life? I want to tell you something. I do. I love life. Can't wait till it's over. Because boy, do I got a better life waiting for me. But I love life. I love the life that the Lord has given to me. I, I feel really bad for people that don't love life. They just want to check out. So depressed and so discouraged. But he that will love life and see good days. I love seeing good days, don't you? I love good days. I love good days when I feel good. Love good days when my back doesn't hurt, when I've gotten a good night's rest. Love days like today to look outside on December the 3rd and have it be 50 degrees. Hallelujah, I love global warming. Bring it on. (laughs) For he that will love life and see good days. I want to see good days in my life, don't you? I want to love it. And I want to see the good days that God has planned for me. He that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil. Keep your mouth shut. And his lips from speaking guile. Let him refrain his tongue. What is in your heart? I'm sorry. It is, if you're not careful, going to slip out of your mouth. And then you've been exposed. I want to talk this morning about nine very bad words. A good man out of the good treasure of your heart bringeth forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart bringeth forth evil things. I want to talk about nine really bad words. I want to write these down. Number one are cutting words. Words that cut you deeply. Say, where do these cutting words come from? They come from a close friend who has become jealous of you. Cutting words. Psalm 55, and I read, David said, For it was not an enemy that reproached me. Then I could have borne it. I could handle that. Neither was it he that hated me and did magnify himself against me. Then I would have just, I would just have hidden myself from that person. But it was thou, a man, my equal, my guide, my acquaintance, 
We took sweet counsel together. He was one of my closest friends. We took sweet counsel together. We walked in the house of God in company. We were members of the same church. We went to the same church for years. We served the Lord together. He hath lifted up his heel against me. The words of his mouth. I'm going to tell you something. Watch out for this, folks. We're smoother than butter. But war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet were they drawn swords. Drawn swords. Close proximity. Words that cut me and hurt me deeply, like a knife in my heart. You see, if I'm going to attack you with a sword or with a knife, we're going to be real close to each other. And I'm here to tell you there's nothing that hurts more deeply to have a friend, a beloved friend, as David described here, that turns against you and knifes you in your heart. It's almost something David said, I had to cast myself upon the Lord. He had to sustain me through this thing. It was almost more than I could bear. If it was an enemy, no problem. I can handle that. But my dearest, closest friend? How many have ever had a very dear, close friend turn on them and hurt them deeply? Man, it hurts. It hurts. These cutting words should never come out of our mouths. But you start to become jealous of your friends. Those words will come out. Number two, another really bad word, are piercing words. Piercing words that come from an enemy who is full of hate. I, I, I've actually had people that hate me. I mean, this nice guy, me. you believe that? People I've absolutely... I have done nothing against. But because of what I stand for and who I stand for, they hate me. And have shot some real piercing words my way. These cutting words come from knives or swords. These piercing words come from an arrow. Now, in order for an arrow to strike me, it comes from a distance, right? They're not close friends. They, these people are, are absolutely people who have set themselves up as your enemy. Psalm 64, and I quote, Hear my voice, O God, in my prayer, and preserve my life from fear of the enemy. Not a friend this time, but an enemy. Hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked, from the instruction of the workers of iniquity, who wet their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, even bitter words. So these cutting words come from a jealous heart. These piercing words come from a bitter heart. Who wet their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, even bitter words, hateful words that they may shoot in secret at the perfect. Suddenly do they shoot at him and they fear not. 
Even though David was the king, from a distance they were just shooting their arrows of accusation at him. Kind of sounds like our president today, doesn't it? The way this man is being shot at by the mainstream media is really incredible. But they have no fear, have no respect for the office of a president. Cutting words come from a jealous friend. Piercing words come from a hateful enemy. Let's look at another kind of really bad word. It's called the poison words that come from someone who's become extremely bitter. This is in Psalms 114, and I quote David again. Deliver me, O Lord, from the evil man. Preserve me from the violent man which imagines mischief in their heart continually. They are gathered together for war. They have sharpened their tongues. They've sharpened their tongues like a serpent. Adder's poison is under their lips. Poisonous words. Cutting words. Piercing words. Poison words that come from someone who's been poisoned themselves with the gall of bitterness. Number four. There's what the Bible calls defiling words. Defiling words that come from a person who is self-centered, who is full of gossip, and is just attacking another person's character. Defiling words. Listen. All of these really bad words I'm mentioning are coming from where? Do you know at the heart of every issue is an issue of the heart? Whether it be cutting, piercing, poisonous, or defiling words. The Bible talks about the defilement of slander. Attacking another person's character. The Bible talks about the defilement of evil speaking, trying to dig up dirt in someone else's life and then speaking evil of that person. The Bible talks about a whisper. The Bible never used the word gossip. It uses the word whisper, who can even separate the chief of friends. The Bible calls about those who spread evil reports, those who are talebearers, those who are backbiters. So where does all of these defiling words come from? A defiled what? A defiled heart. A jealous heart, a hateful heart, a bitter heart. Slander. Evil speaking. Whisper. Evil reports, tailbearer, backbiter, defiling words from a defiled heart. You know, being a pastor, I have a lot of interesting experiences. Pastor Peterson's back there grinning from ear to ear. He's uh, recalling some of those interesting experiences. One experience I have often are people coming to me about other people. 
To which you know the Bible says, if you have aught against your brother, you're to go to him, not to the pastor. Sometimes I do get caught in the middle of things like this, especially where people have been offended by something that someone else has said. Sometimes when that information is relayed to me, especially if it comes from one of our young people, then I have to relay that to the parents. Hate to tell you about this, hate to call you, but it was brought to my attention that your son, your daughter said these things the other day. and I'm so thankful for the parents of our church because there's been a number of times I've had to do this and parents have followed through. I want to say something. Good job, parents. And some of these young people then have had to come and apologize to me because they've damaged uh, the church's testimony. And they've had to also apologize uh, to those who they've hurt. And parents, that's exactly what you should make your children do. But listen to me. The reason your kids said what they said was because of what was in their heart. And that's really what we need to deal with. So when I hear these things that come forth from a person's mouth and that have really caused damage, what I try to deal with is the heart. Because what good is it just to try to keep your mouth shut if what's in your heart has never changed? Cutting words, jealous heart, piercing words, hateful heart, poison words, bitter heart, defiling words, a defiled heart. Then the Bible talks about immoral words. Let me ask you a question. Where do immoral words come from? What? An immoral heart. Sometimes I'm shocked by some of the things people say in the lines of immorality that just kind of come out of their mouth. The Bible talks about filthy talk. You know, talking about sensual things. The wisdom which is of this world is earthly, sensual, devilish. Do we now live in a very sensual world? This filthy, filthy talk, immoral communication. Let me give you a passage of Scripture. James chapter 1, verse 19 through verse 21. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 through verse 4, if you're writing down the verses. So when these immoral words are coming out of one's heart, what do we need to deal with? The morality, the immorality that's in their heart. Then the Bible talks about foolish words. Foolish words. Foolish talk. Empty talk. Senseless talk. Wasted talk. When a bunch of teenage girls get together, that's it. That's the idle words. Foolish words. Where do foolish words come from, church? From a foolish what? From a foolish heart. Seest thou a man that is hasty in his words? There is more hope for him than a fool. Foolish words. Cutting words from a jealous heart, 
piercing words from a hateful heart, poison words from a bitter heart, defiling words from a defiled heart, immoral words from an immoral heart, foolish words from a foolish heart, burning words from an angry heart. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. It setteth on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell itself. James 3, 6. Burning words come from an angry person. Remember one time, you know, I do my PowerPoints on Wednesday night. Uh, how many have ever seen my PowerPoints? How many haven't seen my PowerPoints? That's because you don't come on Wednesday night. Okay. Got him there. I remember having this one picture of this guy and just fire coming out of his mouth. Burning words come from someone who has seething anger in their heart. Number eight are critical words. Critical words. Where do critical words come from? A prideful heart. Critical words come from a, pr a prideful heart. Judge not that ye be not judged. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam of thine own eye, and thou shalt see clearly to cast the mote out of thy brother's eye. Critical words come from a prideful prideful heart, someone who has lifted themselves above that person who they are criticizing. Actually, you ever heard the word jesting? Foolish jesting? Ephesians 5.4 means poking fun at others. You're just critical of them and you poke fun at them or you, you have these wise cracks in order to gain attention. You're trying to embarrass someone. Your critical words. You're rebuking, judgmental. Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest, for when thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself, for thou that judgest doest the same thing. I told you before, my mom said, when your fingers are pointing at someone else, there's three of them pointing right back at you. Rebuke done in love. People can handle that. The Bible said, rebuke a wise man and he'll love you. But rebuke that comes from a critical, prideful, putting another person down, that's what, that's what the Bible calls reviling. And one who reviles just manifests that critical, prideful spirit. Number nine. How many bad words did I tell you what I was going to give you? Okay. But we're not done yet. Number nine are complaining words. Complaining words. Complaining words come from what kind of heart? Okay. Come from a heart full of selfishness. 
Jude verse 16, these are murmurers and complainers walking after their own lust. Complaining words because they are so self-centered, so selfish, they just complain about everything. So let's take a look at these. We have cutting words that come from a jealous heart, piercing words that come from a hateful heart, poison words that come from a what? Bitter heart, burning words that come from an angry heart, critical words that come from a prideful heart, complaining words that come from a selfish heart. Now, everyone who's sleeping, wake up. And I ask you this question. Do any of these things give a clear reflection on what's in your heart? Because here's what it is, church family. You can't stop these words from coming out until you deal with your heart. Cutting, piercing, poisoning, defiling, immoral, foolish, burning, critical, complaining. What does that tell you about you? So not only is the tongue an instrument of death, the tongue can also be an instrument of what? What? Life Life and death are in the power of the tongue. So let's look at some life-giving words. And we'll conclude with this today. Number one are words that edify. Words that edify. Words that build others up. They don't tear others down. They build others up. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. So do the majority of words that come forth from your heart come forth in a way that builds other people up, that encourages other people. Number two is gentle words. A soft answer. Church, say it. A soft answer turneth away wrath. Just words that are gentle. They're not mean-spirited. They're just gentle. They're not burning. They're gentle. They're not cutting. They're gentle. They're not piercing. They're gentle. Edifying words that build people up. Gentle words. Number three, wholesome words. Proverbs 15.4, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Wholesome words. Number four, listen to this one, healing words. Words that actually heal other people. Proverbs 12, 18, the tongue of the wise is health. Brings health to a person. Number five, kind words. Proverbs 31, 26, in her tongue is the law of kindness. Just the words are kind. Number six, encouraging words. Proverbs 25, 11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pitchers of silver. Just valuable. 
How many would like to have some golden apples and a pitcher of silver? How many would like something like that? When someone speaks an encouraging word to you when you're down, it's like an apple of gold. Number seven, there's comforting words. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4. That we may be able to comfort others with the comfort wherewith we have been comforted of God. You just you give them comforting words. Number eight are joyful words. Joyful words. Proverbs 15, 23, it says, A man hath joy by the answer of his mouth. It was interesting, last night um, I was going over this message and uh, Levi turned on a program called Brain Games. How many have ever seen the program Brain Games? That is really an interesting program to tell you how your brain works. And They do different things and you're like, that's crazy. If you haven't watched Brain Games, watch it and you'll know what I'm talking about. But one of the things they did last night was to show that if a person just smiles, the effect that their smile has, not only upon themselves, but upon others around them. And how just a smile gives energy, gives support. And how just a smile can make people successful or more successful in life than those that go around frowning all the time. It was a fascinating study that they did. It really caused me to realize I need to smile a little bit more. He that will love life and see what? Good days. Smile a little bit more. Isn't it true that you pull energy from... Just someone who's around you that's always smiling. Edifying words, gentle words, wholesome words, healing words, kind words, encouraging words, comforting words, joyful words. You know what kind of heart that those words come from? A good heart. A good man, out of the good treasures of his heart, bringeth forth good things. So I want to leave you with seven simple points. If you want to tame your tongue, realize you can't. But hallelujah, God can. When God is in control of the heart, he'll be in control of the tongue. So number one, quickly, number one, dedicate your heart and your tongue to the Lord every day. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Dedicate your heart and your tongue to the Lord every day. Number two, put your heart in tune with God's Spirit by reading His Word every day. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin. A lot of sin comes out of that wicked tongue. So put your heart in tune with God and His Spirit by reading His Word every day. Number three, ask other people around you if you use words that are offensive. Go to your friend. So I really want you to be honest with me. Do I say things from time to time that are offensive? Iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpens the countenance 
of his friends. Dedicate your heart, your tongue to the Lord. Put your heart in tune with the Lord by reading his word every day. Ask those around you, is there things that I say that are offensive and hurtful? Number four, commit yourself to only giving a good report about others. We can all do that, amen? I'm not going to listen to an evil report, and I'm not going to give an evil report. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. What comes out of my mouth will be comforting, encouraging, inspiring, and it'll be edifying. Number five, ask forgiveness for any unloving words and attitudes that you have displayed. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able to bridle the whole body. None of us are perfect in this area. You know the truth is? Sometimes it even requires standing before the whole church body and saying, I was wrong. I'm sorry, my heart was not right with God when I said these things. And I've made my heart right with God, and I want to make my heart right with the church body. Something you don't see very often, is it? Number six. Rely upon God's strength to aid you and to help you control your tongue. We can't, he can. Human effort alone is not enough. The tongue can no man tame. Ask God to do it for you. And number seven, start memorizing and meditating on scripture that has to do with the tongue. If you're having problems with the words that are coming out of your mouth, and sometimes this can come simply because of the environment that you're raised in where all you hear is cursing and swearing all the time. That's like those people you see on TV and it goes bleep, 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 bleep. Bleep, 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 bleep. You go, what did he say? If you know what he says, you're really in trouble. But you know what? Some of our bus kids are raised in some really terrible environments, and they just hear these curse words all the time. We used to have a lady in our church got saved. Her name was um, Bertha. And uh, did any of you remember Bertha from Napoleon? Remember Bertha? Oh, she was saved from a rough background. And uh, she, she had a problem with cursing. She'd, she'd shake her hand on the way out the door. She'd say, that was a blank message today, Pastor. <laughs> remember that, Shelley? <laughs> I said, Bertha, here's the deal. I said, I I want you to always keep a pocket full of quarters with you. And every time you curse, I'm going to point it out and you're going to owe me a quarter. She said, really? I said, yeah. I said, you got to clean up your mouth. And she did. She kept those quarters with her. I made a lot of money off of Bertha. I was was kind of hoping she'd never get victory over it, but... uh,
You know what? The tongue can be tamed if you let the Lord tame it. Let's pray. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.